yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who's the ball? ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill's It's the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Man, we're a week away, but many of us by next week will be in Atlanta at this time. Uh, checking out the festivities and getting ready for the big game the following Saturday. Uh, we'll get a chance maybe to get into that a little more in the second half of the show. We got a quiet bit of news going around, so let's jump into it. This is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Welcome to episode 341 Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show. And podcasts and shows us covering the sporting HBCU dash, all things HBCU sports with institutions large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture and HBCU athletics, the aesthetics to facilitate more of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Nyata, along with my co-host, Mike Washington Charles Bish, filming from our home studios, sending a signal live KSOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Graduation week down here in Texas Southern. So I wanted to take a little bit of umbrage and shout out to uh, one of my best men. I had another one actually that works with me on the show. Uh, Mike Washington, the other one and my roommate in college is Alan Williams. His son, my godson, Joseph Women, Williams, Joseph Williams, graduating from Texas Southern University. Uh, he had 21 hours, Charles, you'll appreciate this kind of stuff. 21 hours this semester <laughs> to make sure he could graduate. Did it with a 4.0. So yep. Shout out to That's Alan right. Williams. 21 hours and a 4.0. see him as a proud dad with the Texas Southern. I mean, when he transferred in there, I surprised him and I did one with a mom for Tammy uh, to make sure that they were welcome to Texas Southern University appropriate. So thank you for Give me a chance to do a little shout out there. Um, obviously, as Alpha Brothers, I give y'all a chance to do a little shout out uh, to them as well. Go ahead, Mike. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, so uh, I've known this young man for a while. I've known Alan. That was his his AD when he was pledging. So, you know, the roots go deep. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Did I he I just use the word pledging. <laughs> I'm he just throws it out there so loosely. It's another era. <laughs> you know he old school. I'm, fit, I'm, fit, I'm 52 years old, so I don't care. <laughs> what you gonna do to me? I'm like, like statute of limitations of <laughs> So yeah, but no, I was a uh, man when he first met his wife Tammy. Uh, I was there. Uh, Brother Cavill was there. So we've known each other for quite some time. Beautiful family. They've set a firm foundation, and it was nice to see this young man plug away, plug in it hard. Young brother, 21 hours, 4.0, 
what more can you say? So, but congratulations to Alan, to Tammy, to the whole family, man. I we've known him for so long. So when one one celebrates something, it's like we all celebrate something. So I, I'm just really happy for him. So congratulations again. Uh, and Charles, he didn't share the fact that um, both of the brothers actually crossed Alpha down here at the same time. We were all, all there. Uh, proud going through that process as we did our training and everything. We yeah. Uh, through the process, Charles. Just I know you be watching and making notes for everybody. We, <laughs> sure you're right. Uh, <laughs> we, we, that 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 was that was a process. That was a process. I'm just saying he. I'm just saying we don't want no problem. You know, you got the hey. regional directors. Everybody be watching. Mike, we learned them. We learned them down points. You telling. <laughs> we learn them damn points. <laughs> like, like, get out of control. Hey, Charles, get us out of this. Get us out of this. Go ahead. I know, right? You, you met me from the homecoming game. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I definitely want to say congratulations to the family. I mean, I echo the sentiments that you gentlemen have said uh, before. I mean, 21 hours, 4.0. That is just beyond amazing. And then uh, you get to that new phase in your life. Uh, so congratulations with regards to uh, graduation. It is a, a monumental step. Uh to get through college and, and go forward. So I know those are some very, very proud parents. So kudos. Yeah, we pulled Alan in every once in a while um, when one of the team members out on assignment, he'll come in and do a show. You probably noticed him on 1876 Sports and Culture as he uh, teams up with Mike and Joe, Roland, um, Shanetta, Gatti, Oama, uh, in terms of those folks that are getting it done over there on that side. With that being said, let's get in some other news. Take a moment of silence uh, for uh, the box band that has lost three members down there. You know, we always acknowledge those um, uh, that have carried uh, the brand of HBCUs. Unfortunately for them, they lose it way too early. Tragic episode. So I want to take a moment of silence for them. With that being said, we got some other news out there. It sounds like uh, we got some folks that are packing up their bags and moving. So, you know, we talked a little bit about Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, as he was going to Colorado. Mm -hmm. Looks like Danzy has resigned and he's moving on. And uh, he's going west, my friends. He's going west, my friends. In this case, a little bit of Mountain West uh, in terms of the Pac-12 in the Colorado area. Um, so congratulations for him. Obviously, Coach that a lot of us respecting the league, the way he grinded. Um, I, I will say this. It, it's a great opportunity for him. I think we're missing in terms of Valley, SWAC, and HBCUs. But as somebody that has 10 to follow Prairie View for a couple of times over the last few years, for sure, uh, maybe Prairie View can find a way to beat Valley again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said it on the chat. You just uh, had maybe to say it. it. Uh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to say it. All right. Yeah, I mean, when you take a look, yeah, you take a look at Coach Dance. I mean, all that he does or has done in Mississippi Valley, um, despite the resources, you know, uh, Valley is going to bite you tooth and nail every week. And uh, for him to get this opportunity, man, kudos to Coach Dance. And, you know, you never know. You get up there and uh, you get this seasoning, if you will. You never know where you might see him again. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff when you talk about it. Let me go to you. Charles, in terms of some other news of the day that you want to share? 
Yeah, let's take a look at uh, MEAC. They announced their weekly women's basketball honors presented by Coca-Cola. Howard University junior Destiny Cowell was selected as the MEAC Women's Basketball Player of the Week. Uh, as, and Jayla Bannerman was named the Rookie of the Week. And Norfolk State graduate guard Camille Downs was named Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, let's take a look at their stats. How the six-foot guard from Queens, New York, averaged 23 points, three bounds, and three steals, and a pair of bites and wins this past week. She was combined 19 of 39 from the field, 49% from the floor. Against America, she dropped a career high 34 points on 13 of 21. She was hitting five threes and adding four rebounds and three steals. She followed that up uh, with a game against Elon, where she had 12 points and three steals. Bannerman, the rookie of the week, she averaged 14 points and 1.7 assists uh, this past week for the Hawks as they went 2-1. and one. She dropped 17 points in the wins over Virginia Union and Navy, going 5 of 11 from the floor in both contests. And Downs, uh, as the defense player of the week, average, get this stop, four and a half steals per game in helping the Spartans extend their winning streak to eight games with wins over Hampton wow. and New Jersey Institute of Technology. She grabbed five steals against Hampton and added four more against NJIT. So those are your players of the week on the women's side in the NBA. Good stuff going on uh, with the players of the week, uh, particularly for the men that you shot out of me. I want to go back a little bit baseball. I know both of y'all are big-time baseball fans, particularly with HBCUs. A little early in the season for this, but we got news out there. Uh, you have uh, Ken Griffey Jr., uh, World Series champion Houston Astros, announcing HBCU Classic. I put this out on Instagram yesterday uh, as I saw it released and had knew it was coming as I've worked with the uh, Astros um, uh, RBI program over here with uh, Mr. Wade, as he told me that he wanted to see uh, about some consulting to get that done. And uh, big time, big time matchup, SWAC teams involved. You got four coming out of the West, two out of the East. That is Jackson State, Mississippi Valley, that we just talked about, Grambling, Prairie View, Southern and Texas Southern will be involved in the class, classic, the casting, classic Jack, if you would, classic in so many ways, which is uh, fascinating when you talk about Cactus Jack Classic, hosted by the World Series champion Astros in partnership between the Astros Foundation and Cactus Jack Foundation, founded by rapper Travis Scott. Quote, I am excited to partner with my hometown team, the World Champion Houston Astros. I like the way that rolls off as well. The tongue. To showcase the top-tier talent of HBC student-athletes, said Scott in a statement. Quote, supporting HBCUs are an integral part of my family history and present. I want to thank the Astros organization for the commitment to giving HBCU teams the opportunity to compete at one of the best stadiums in the world. Uh, obviously, we've heard about the scholarships and other things that uh, Travis Scott has done in partnership with HBCUs or students that are wanting to attend HBCUs. More of that, the Cactus Jack Classic is a tournament that will feature six HBCUs will be held February the 17th and 19th. So as it get closer, we'll make sure you know a little bit about that. Teams set to play in the tournament include Gremlin, State, Jackson State, Mississippi Valley State, Prairie A&M Southern, and Texas Southern, as I said a little bit earlier. The other one I talked about uh, when we talked about King Griffey, check this out. Uh, also, MLB has announced the launch of the, quote, HBCU Swingman Classic, an annual all-star game for HBCU baseball players at the Division I level. This game is partnered by MLB, the MLB Players Association's Youth Development Foundation, and Hall of Fame center fielder Ken Griffey Jr. is involved in it. Um, 
K-Dog uh, is uh, still working with Major League Baseball, and his hands and tentacles are all over this as well. Last quote I'll give you before we move on, quote, is the industry's uh, joint foundation. We're proud to create and invest in the new opportunities to level the playing field and ensure that families, financial means isn't a defining limit to having the youth uh, play baseball, end quote. That's by John Lee Batros, MLB, MLBPA Youth Development Executive Director. Uh, our, friend, our friend, Ken Griffey Jr., has been a tireless ambassador helping us achieve our organization's goals. We're excited to launch the inaugural HBCU Swingman Classic as a unique and innovative experience to highlight African-American talent on the national stage and encourage finding solution to improving college scholarships for baseball. Good stuff there. Let me go to you, Mike. What else you want to put on the table? So uh, there's lots on the table. Um, before we go back to the hardwood, I want to know, did we did we really give Coach Simmons his kudos for being named AFCA FCS Region 3 Coach of the Year? I can't remember. If I did, I'm No, sorry. no. Shout that out. We had. We had. Oh, yeah. yeah, Florida AM and uh, head football coach Willie Simmons has been named AFCA Region 3 Coach of the Year after completing his third consecutive year, uh, uh, nine-win season, and top 25 ranking with the Rattlers. Uh, he became the third FAMU coach to earn Coach of the Year as Jake Gaither, earned recognition in 1960, 61, and 63, and Rudy Hubbard in 1977. So big time congratulations. If you look at the divisions of the regions, you had Bob Chesney, College of Holy Cross. You had Region 2, Chris Hatcher from Samford, not Stanford, Samford with an M. Then Region 3, you had Coach Willie Simmons, who still won't give me my visor, but I love you, Coach Simmons, uh, from Florida A&M. <laughs> Major Region 4, John uh, Stegermeyer uh, from South Dakota State. And then Region 5, Troy Taylor from Sacramento State. He's in good company, so well-deserved. Uh, you know, everybody's coach. Congratulations, Coach Simmons. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Hey, check this out, uh, Charles. Mm. Uh, <laughs> your, your buddy over there in Nash, I mean in Memphis, excuse me, Memphis, you know, Tennessee, all of the city starts to sound like Arkansas Pablo to meet Tennessee State in the 2023 Southern Heritage Class. Uh, looks like they're going to play in two years, 23 and 24, after facing off against Tennessee State for over two decades, Jackson State, as we all know, pulled out of the Southern Heritage Classic uh, in terms of that matchup. But they found another proponent, which is Arkansas Pablo. Remember, they played a couple of years ago. And in that game, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff won in 2019. Uh, defeating Tennessee State 37 30, 37-3, I should let me get that correct there. Um, so it should be interesting when you talk about what that looks like in that matchup. Should be interesting regional, some things like that. It could work, uh, and we'll see what that looks like as it looks like the Southern, Southern, Southern Heritage Classic will be able to move on with some future teams. Charles, what else you got on the play? Uh, yeah, let's take a look at it. I got a couple pieces here. Uh, Southerns, uh, Buck Buchanan Award winner Jordan Lewis. Uh, he has decided to enter the 2023 NFL Draft. Of course, uh, he had a productive career at Southern, winning the Buck Buchanan Award during the spring season. Uh, one of more fear pass rushers in the swag, so he will be uh, entering the 2023 NFL Draft. I'm going to stay with the uh, Basketball Weekly Honors here, uh, Doc. Uh, the swag has tabbed Alabama State's Jayla Crawford and Cordasia Harris. 
for the SWAC Women's Basketball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performance. Uh, Crawford posted outstanding performance for the Lady Hornets against Texas Tech and Abilene Christian during this past week. Uh, she recorded 51 points, eight rebounds, four steals, and two assists during the week. She averaged 25 and a half points, four rebounds, two steals, and an assist in two non-conference outings. And Cordasia Harris, she contributed significantly to the Lady Hornets matchups against Texas Tech and Abilene Christian during the past week. She posted 27 points, 10 rebounds, a block, and a steal for the week, averaging 13 and a half points and five rebounds in those two non-conference outings. On the men's side in the swag. Swag tab caught Jackson State's Colton Young and Trace Young for the Swag Men's Basketball Weekly Honors for their outstanding performances. Colton Young delivered an impressive week while averaging 19 points per game uh, and two outings. Uh, he had 20 points, leading all scorers in a non-conference outing versus Miami of Ohio. And then Jackson State followed that up with a 69-68 upset win over SMU where Colton Young scored 18 points and then Trace Young. Uh, he averaged 14 points for the past week, highlighted by an impressive 28-point outing in Jackson State, 69-68 upset of SMU. So those were your sweat women's and men's players of the week. Good stuff, good stuff. Before we go off, I'd be remiss if we didn't stretch a little bit and put this out there. I think this is important. Black College Football Hall of Fame class of 2023 announced – and the key folks involved in this Hall of Fame class of 2023 include Leslie Frazier, mm. Alcorn State University, Henry Keller Lawrence, yep. that nickname, mm. Florida A&M University, Albert Lewis, Grandma State University, Jim Marsalis, Tennessee State University, Tyrone McGriff, Florida A&M University, Elijah Pitts, Landon Smith College, Johnny Walton, Elizabeth City State University, and Coach Peach, Coach Pete Richardson, Southern University, and Winston State State University as the coach will be this class. Uh, when you talk about the Black College Hall of Fame, class of 2023 will be honored at the 14th Annual Black College Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony presented by Atlanta Falcons on June 10th, 2023. The induction ceremony takes place at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta. Georgia, but they will also be recognized at the second annual HBCU Legacy Bowl on February 25th, 2023 at Yeoman Stadium in New Orleans, Louisiana, which will be broadcast live on the NFL Network at 3 p.m. Just to give you a little heads up of where you can continue to watch some of these players as they seek uh, to get an opportunity on the next level. So fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff there. One last one, one last one. I'll put this little plug there before we take this break. CIAA. A.D. Drew uh, told about Bluefield State was looking looking Bluefield at the State. CIAA. And CIAA, they decide, and it looks like they'll be heading to the CIAA at Bluefield State. The other thing is, is that the CIAA is cutting ties with the Warren. As wow. they were, mm. just remember, um, just a partial member, if you would, affiliate member in football, not the other sports. Um, so it looks like Bluefield is in. Um as sources, according to HBCU Game Day, Stephen Gaither is saying that they did receive the vote. So we'll see official announcement probably sometime soon um, as they uh, move over. As you know, we've talked a little bit about Bluefield State. They have a record of three and one against the Seattle competition uh, for the last two seasons. So it should be interesting moving forward as it looks like we have more conference churning this time at the Division II level in Seattle. With that, let's get into our first break. We'll be right back on the other side. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language. And she really loves her grandson. Like, really loves. Since 2002. The analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil with Inside HBC Sports Lab. Boy, I love to take the breaks, man. They just be hilarious at times. Uh, we do need, as Drew has said many times, we need to record the outtakes. With that being said, welcome back to 7-2. Let's get into the marching sport uh, as we get into it. We're only going to do the top five because the rest of it stayed the same. A couple of changes in the top five, uh, which will make for an interesting uh, final week when we get into the celebration boat. Let's get into it. At number five, we have none other than Florida A&M marching 100. Four and one on the season, three and one. Obviously, their season is complete uh, as they are four and one, three and one. That's 58 points remaining at number five. Let's get in number four. We got some changes here. Southern, human jukebox, oh. falls with five and two, four and one on the season. <laughs> 70 points, fall for the third spot. I hadn't seen in a while where a team loses twice in one season. It's got to be tough. I know they're going to come at it, but, you know, they really did a better effort than they did the first time. Close, but no cigar. Bringing us to number three. Mm-hmm. North Carolina Central Sound Machine Marching Band, 3-0. Uh, one first place vote as they took one from Southern because of the loss. 76 points. Jumping up a spot as Southern falls to number four. Bringing us to number two, Alabama State Mighty Marching Hornets. Uh, obviously, season old, four and one, two and one, two first place votes. So they stay at number two um, with that 
being matchup, which means, number one, Jackson State Sonic Boom of the South. Look at how many competitions they had. Ten. Mm-hmm. I want everybody to pause on that. Ten competitions. They went out. They performed in matchups. This is not just playing at your home games. right? This is going on the road. That's how you get ten. Also in terms of performing when teams come to you uh, with that. When we talk about teams, we're talking about the bands, marching sport, because we're looking at this in terms of competition. Head-to-head matchup. Jackson State, 9-1, 7-1. Can they get to the proverbial 10 mark? That has not done. Last mm. year, Southern had a huge march where they performed in like nine contests and got into uh, the eight-win margin, if you will. Can they get in double digits? Can they take the home trophy in terms of the marching sport? They get a chance to face the top five program, North Carolina Central Sound Machine Marching Band. Can, in what many people's eyes would be a major upset, can the Sound Machine Marching Band take on some of these mighty SWAC representatives, which you see here, which is loaded in the top five? Jackson State has went the gauntlet. Do they have a chance to make that statement? It'll be interesting to see. Charles, as you talked about, one of your key indicators, can you get the crowd in the game? It'd be fascinating because you have capacity. Ticket sales, yeah. my understanding, standing room only. So the people will be there. Will they engage them yeah. and get them into the matchup? What are your thoughts in terms of my top five? What are your top thoughts of the matchup? There was an opportunity at the SWAC championship where I wanted you to notice uh, – exactly what it is I've been talking about. Jackson State had the momentum uh, in the first quarter. They're, they're making plays, and the boom is playing, and the crowd is engaged. And it was the perfect synergy not only with the band, the football team, but the DJ as well. I mean, uh, all all elements came into play. And then later on, when Southern starts making their comeback, uh, I thought they did a tremendous job of getting their fans re-engaged uh, with band playing stuff, playing underneath. Uh, the action uh, that was going on and continuing the momentum uh, with regards to trying to get that uh, team, you know, uh, uh, fan base continuously engaged uh, in the game. And then both both bands, they just went at it uh, with regards to uh, what they were playing. I will say I was walking to the locker room at one point and Southern played uh, Jill Scott's Long Walk Home. I had turned back around. Cause it sounded so. Pretty. Oh yeah, that was so. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so, saw you know. That uh, yeah, that was a pause moment for me. But I mean, you can't say enough about the Sonic Boom of the South. Like you said, they take everybody's best shot week in, week out. Uh, like you said, uh, nine wins. Uh, it, it was tremendous. I mean, they 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 had a heck of a year. I, I give them credit. We are the uh, the uh, what is uh, what uh, we are champions down on the field. That was a that was a pause moment for me. Oh as well. yeah, that was um, nice. Out. That was very appropriate, Mike. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear him play the song that CB mentioned, the Jill Scott song. What I did see because we had a watch party. What they did show is Southern's band engaging the audience. They didn't show half. Yeah. That to me, that alone, that factor in the second half, we tell you, and that's what CB talked about. It. Hey, Shanetta Haskell. Was a band major, former band major at uh, Purview A&M on our show has talked about it. Just a simple ability to get your fans engaged. That piece right there, 
Yeah, that did it for me for uh, Southern. So yeah, uh, I think they're the best at. I think they're the best at. Like, yeah. I really do. Yeah, they're the best at Good stuff. engaging I, I the team, and engaging that. the fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I do agree with that. The Southern is the best at engaging. That's why they're not taking that trip to family in terms of, of what that is. But just one matchup. With that being said, since we snuck in there a little bit about fan top five, and you said about Willie Simmons, the head coach of the year. So we got a clip we're going to play for you. But before we get in the clip and play for you, because um, he talks about a couple of things there, um, he has come out. Willie Simmons denies Deion Sanders offering him a job staying at FAMU. Uh, Florida A&M head coach Willie Simmons says he has never offered a job by Deion Sanders and is staying put. So he put that to rest, at least for those that want to listen to the coach. I remember when he came out uh, during the game on Saturday. I told him that I hadn't heard that yet, but I told everybody about dancing. So I feel like I am the point of contact when it comes to these updates. I was right on that one. I didn't say this one, so it's interesting to see what that looks like. But let's play the clip by Willie Simmons in terms of some other things that he wanted to share during the time that he shared that he was staying at family. 100% 100% goes to the conference. And the conference decides how they want to distribute that money within it. And so the, the concept that I said was, okay, if you took the two champions, the MEAC champion, the SWAT champion, and then say you took the next two best teams and you created a semifinal game like the LBS has, say you played that game in Houston, Charlotte, Miami, wherever, in a bowl game setting, that's revenue to the conference, and then the two winners play in the Celebration Bowl, which would be the true championship, right? I think that would be a probably decent concept. So the, the bowls, 0% goes to NCAA, 100% goes to the conference. And the conference decides how they want to distribute that money within it. And so the, the concept that I said was, okay, if you took the two champions, the MEAC champion, the SWAT champion, and then say you took the next two pause there as he's going back through it. But – what I love is the fact that you can tell folks are excited about what we say on the show. A couple <laughs> of stuff ago, I asked each of you all your opinions on should we expand this framework of, or is this like the playoffs? And so I'm glad that Coach Willie Simmons agrees uh, with the framework. And he has a great platform to put it out there. So I want to celebrate Coach Simmons you know, uh, for acknowledging the fact that we know what we're talking about. Before we take this next break, I did want to get uh, your opinions again since he put it back out there in all seriousness. Um, and you've heard this churn over the last couple of weeks. Talked about it on Twitter Spaces uh, last night with Joshua Sims Jr., where he really got into it uh, based on the fact that the discussion we had on the Sunday before last. You all chopped it up. I know Charles has a little bit of concerns there, Mike. Uh, talked about how to measure the metrics. But as it now has grown tentacles based on when we first talked about it, um, and you see even some coaches that like the idea of it. Mike, what is your thoughts? Um, has anything changed since you talked about it a couple of weeks ago? No, I, I think even in there, I think it's starting to garner more support, you know, not just from Coach Simmons, you but – you know, we started talking about it. You hear folks talking, and it it's kind of like that proverbial snowball. I, I think I, I think what he says makes sense, and it brings new perspective if you hear him speak to it. 
from uh, from my you know you hear him talk to it and you hear the tone in his voice and he really sounds genuinely supportive of a system sounds like something he's always he's kind of wanted for some time and i think if you look at the value that it brings to the swag the schools the conference i th i think now you know we we in no brainer now let's let's put pen to paper let's let's get a let's get a straw man let's get a skeleton out there uh, for th two, three years out, when to start this thing? That's kind of where I'm at. So my opinion has not changed. I think it's, I think it's the right way to go. I think it's a great idea. Did we not have a de facto playoff during the last two, three weeks of the season? I would say we did. And yeah. uh, I told you, Coach Scott, what Howard says that uh, uh, Howard says that Coach says with right. uh, five games that they have a de facto playoff the last five, six weeks of the season. Yeah, obviously to me. Uh, what you took place uh, with the SWAC championship game, you got to play off semifinals, at least on the SWAC side, to see who gets to go uh, to that. So, yeah, there can be some fact that you already have it. So it be interesting to see what that looks like. Maybe we get a chance to ask the expert in terms of what that looks like or what it would take in terms of that matchup. We'll be right back after this break. This is Dr. Bill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Well, on the other side, we'll have our guests. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. All around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that. And who the ball? ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watson, Charles Bishop. We have none other than the Executive Director, John Grant, of the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl. How are you doing today? I'm great, guys. Thank you so much for having me here tonight. Looking forward to this conversation. Yes, no doubt. I heard you had a full day today. We did. Um, we were we had our, our um, coaches media day today um, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and we're delighted to have um, have everyone in. And uh, it was very successful, and we 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 were excited to get this get this launched. I know you wished to me a couple of weeks ago because we were talking a little bit about the Celebration Bowl and. Uh, the SWAT championship game, the winner of that would go. And at that time, I'm not sure if there were any tickets. I guess there was standing room only. Where are we with tickets? 
said. Standing room only. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried. I tried to hold some. That's a good luxury uh, to have, seriously. But, um, and, go ahead. Prior to um, uh, this past Saturday uh, SWAC Championship, we opened standing room only at, at around 2, two o'clock p.m. Eastern. Um, and so at this point, we uh, we we put a thousand tickets on sale. Those are almost gone, and we will after that we'll add another fifteen hundred. Once those are depleted, we're we are there's nothing left. Um, there are still tickets out there on the secondary market if people um, certainly want to go to SeatGeek and and some of the other sites. Um, there are some tickets in those locations, but as far as we're concerned, uh, we're nearly done. That's wild. <laughs> Nearly a week before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ten days for sure before the event. Uh, with that being said, let me go ahead and let Mike jump in here with a follow-up question. Yeah. So, so <laughs> as, you know, as we go into this year, and you know, you know, this thing, the the, the bowl has kind of its own unique, I guess, culture, and it's grown over the years. You know. So as I said, is there anything I guess maybe new? going into this year maybe it's the advertising maybe it's is there just anything you could share with us that's new this year that we can expect in the total bowl experience i'll say um yes there is i, I think the what what we're finally beginning to see michael and that's a great question is um that that fans regardless of your institution fans are beginning to embrace uh the, the um Cricket Celebration Bowl for what it is, and that is the HBCU Super Bowl. Um, and 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 we're seeing that we started seeing that actually after last year's bowl game because people started booking their rooms as they were checking out. They were booking their rooms for this year, and we we know that that showed up in the fact that even before um, you know a SWAT champion was even determined, we were sold out literally a week before the SWAC championship game, but we held those standing room only tickets until the SWAC championship game um, to make sure that there was some, some availability um, mm -hmm. out there. But, but as far as the, the, the weekend itself is concerned, um, what fans can expect, you know, our fan experience, which has historically been on just Saturday, we've now opened it up. It's now Friday and Saturday. So from six until 9 PM on Friday evening, People can come down to um, George World Congress Center International Plaza. We've got we've got um, some concerts going on, performances out there that evening. Our corporate activations are taking place, music, DJs, fun, food, all of that happening um, on Friday night. That's something that we've added this year so that fans who are coming into town have something to do other than just being in the hotel. Um, that there's a place they can come down to and have, have some fun. Actually, that fan experience ha is happening, Michael, just before the Maxwell concert, which is right next door in State Farm Arena. So you get to yeah. come down early, park, enjoy the festivities, and then go in into the into Phillips, uh, I'm sorry, State Farm Arena for the Maxwell concert. Oh, yeah, nothing wrong with and then nice wrong with that. Do that. <laughs> 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 
Always something. He's always mixing in that pot. We swear you losing kind of every gumbo, but you know North Carolina. But I guess they're able to make some of that good uh, soup up that way as well. Charles, what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, John, I, I wanted to ask, wanted to ask this question. I mean, we've really watched this celebration bowl uh, really take off. Um, is there are there times that you, you sit back and uh, really kind of I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Sit back and just admire the work that you've put in and where it has grown to, and you know that it, it is on an upward trajectory even more. Another great question to answer that is no. Um, mm. Because, you know, we are operating and we're constantly reinforcing that with our staff and our team. We're operating on a 50-year plane. We're 50 years out and we're working ourselves backwards. What do we want this bowl to be like in 50 years? So, um, you know, mm. I, I'm I'm gonna, you know, I'm I've always been impressed by, again, what Coach Sanders and the way he coaches his players, and he talks about how do you want to dominate, and that's what we want to do in the, in 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 the bowl space. How do we dominate? How do we, as a young seven year old FCS bowl game that's on the radar, and we're in the arena with 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 um, the David and that we're David with the Goliath. You know, that we want to make sure we got the right rock in the slingshot and that, you know, as we are taking those shots that we are that we're, we're moving this bowl game forward. And that requires a lot, my, um, Charles. It, it requires a lot. It's it, And it's going to require not just on the side with the fans, but it's going to require on the side of administrations to change the way we we look at things and how how our institutions come to the table to, to build together this, 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 this opportunity because we are sitting on a gold mine mm. and it's bigger than any individual. It's bigger than any one institution. And it's bigger than um, whether someone's sitting in the front office or they're sitting in the, in the back office. Um, we as HBCU alums uh, are, are in a moment where we can create something that a hundred years from now can be the pantheon um, for HB, HBCUs. Not, and I, I'll say this, and I, I'm, I'm very specific in what I say. You know, you, you, you get what you mouth. So when we pour mouth about what we don't have, we get what we don't have. When mm. we focus on what we do have and we allow those things to, 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 to be unleashed, then we get all kinds of possibilities. This celebration bowl 50 years from now, which will be long past us, is gonna be one of the greatest shows on earth. Why? Because we're gonna do what we have to do today to make sure that that's the case. With that being said, you talked about dominate. Obviously Coach Prime talks about that. Other coaches talk about season today, uh, win, uh, what's important now, all these different uh, ways that people can express about sharpening skills to be at the top. How do you measure some of the things to show where you are on the metric tree, as Mike would say, these data points that let you know that you're trending in an area where you're dominating um, or creating an environment where you can dominate? Uh, another good, great question, and thank you for asking that. Um, one of the things historically that H 
our HBCU games, our bowl games, we measure ourselves in terms of largesse on how many people are in the stands. Well, in the spaces where we are operating with the bowl business, their measurement in terms of success is on total live audience. And television is at the center of that. And that you're looking at how many people are watching the game, how many people are streaming the game, how many people are consuming this content out of home. And then, of course, you add into that the um, how many people are present. Well, the Celebration Bowl has nearly three million viewers. There is not a venue in the world that can hold three million people. So the, and when you consider you got a total live audience of three million. And you, how does that compare, um, Dr. Kavir, with other bowls? So there were 39 bowls played last year. Of the 39 mm -hmm. bowl games, in terms of total live audience, the Celebration Bowl was number 11 out of 39. Now, three games out of the 42, because there are a total of 42 bowls, but three weren't played because of COVID. But if we're number 11, let's take out the New Year's Six and the National Championship. Because the New Year's Six, you know, they're the older bowl. They're going to... They're bigger by virtue of who they are. That leaves you with 32 games. But it also moves the Celebration Bowl to number four from number 11. Mm -hmm. So in any metrics, especially in this space, this is, that's a home run. And um, that, so how do we continue to make that better? How do we continue to grow that total live audience number? Um, and that means that we have to constantly be innovative and how we deliver and produce and create our content so that people out there who have no connection to HBCUs at all, but they want to make sure that they're tuning in to, to consume it. So this is a national, some people want to refer to this as a pseudo national championship. It is not. It is the HBCU national championship game. And the fact that we're in the in, that we open the bowl season with a championship game speaks volume to what people really want to watch versus just another bowl. And all the bowls are important, but they're not all championships. There are only two. Cricket Celebration Bowl and the CFP Championship game are the only two bowl games that crown national champions. That's pretty big when you talk about wow. from a yeah. bowl uh, game perspective. Do you have time to stick around with us? We'd like to take a break, come back to the other side. If you have to stay, Absolutely. Uh, we'll do that quickly. Have you around a couple of more rounds of questions since you got into it we'll get into some games we talked about the business i have one more question that will surround how you think and move forward um, with a, a strategic mindset i want to get into that as well since we have you know businessman here and so much of sports about business which is the side that we like to talk on the show not just about the culture not just about the game and the sports but also provide some business perspective for all our viewers and then lab listen stick with us We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't worry, Ma. We'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside. I'll introduce you. They're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Oh, 
At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's like a loot machine. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love love and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Lil with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and the executive director of the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl, as well as VXWAC Challenge for those that uh, keep up with this. Uh, things open up in Atlanta and they close in Atlanta. Um, and so those are the places that you want to be, and that is none other than John Grant, that executive director. I wanted to continue on the business before we get on the playing field. Um, this one is more about um, innovation, strategy, vision, tactical application, right? W what does that look like um, in that mindset? You know, obviously all the individuals that came together to create this um, to where it is today with you leading it in a lot of ways for strategy, innovation, vision uh, in place to see what that looks like. There's a little more talk out there in terms of the nexus and I know in some ways we got to make sure we dominate where we are today. And so if you can kind of put those two in perspective with the talk and you can kind of blame us, put this out there a little bit and other folks run with it. And part of that is just telling folks to always think um, and getting them to be comfortable where we are now versus trying to pull us back, as we kind of said in the break. So I'm talking about, you know, do we expand? You talked about only two championships, uh, the Black College National Championship and the CFP Championship. Obviously, there is a four-game setup in where there's essentially um, a semifinals, two bowl games in the finals. What would you see in the future in innovation? What would it take for us to even put that on the table where that would be an option, where you'd have maybe two automatic bids from the MEAC and SWAC or a champion of and then maybe two art large bids where some type of committee or yourself maybe selects two um, at-large bids to play over some period of time where you had a semifinals in a championship game. I will put the caveat out there that Charles is acknowledged uh, bishop, and in some ways, at least on the SWAC side, you almost have a semifinals, and I put that as well when you look at the SWAC championship game. So I know there's a lot in there. Uh, but if anybody can unpack that, that's you uh, talking about why it's important now to do what we're doing and understanding the impact, both more just in terms of attendance and selling out, being able to sell out a game two weeks before, um, no matter who's playing the game, everybody being there. And even if your team doesn't get there, that you can come yourself or resell your ticket, that we understand the value of how that works, but also making sure that we're watching on television, expanding that brand. What does that look like so you can get to a place where you can have a HBCU uh, 
playoff, if you will. Well, the idea around that, you know, has some merit. The challenges are we only have two conferences. Okay. And, and being able to build out a model that is economically sound, not mm. just, you know, it, well, I'm talking about economically sound and sellable. And that's sellable relative to from the media side, because you have to have the right media partner um, yeah. that can bring the value to that, that also helps bring advertisers and, 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 and fan interest. Um, do you have the capacity around um, driving fan interest and viewer interest? So being innovative means you got to really stay close to the trend and how mm -hmm. people are consuming content and what can, can a game do um, in terms of what we do? How can we make the content that we create, which for us, this isn't about putting on a football game. This is about creating a, a content that is consumed, consumed whether you're there in person and consumed specifically by a larger um, audience. And that is those that are watching it, um, regardless of the platform on which they're watching it. How do we create something that is, is appealing? Championships are appealing. And so if you look at the, the models that are out there right now, with, with, with what the CFP is doing, and they're talking expansion, but keep in mind, prior to the CFP, you had the BCS. So they've been mm -hmm. doing this. And then prior to that, you had bowl games where national championship, national champions was somewhat played for, but they were voted on. So this didn't happen overnight. It has been a, a something that's happened over a long period of time. Um, and you we've all heard the term haste makes waste. You we've got to dominate where we are. How do we build this current bowl that we have into something that is that is strong and, and, and that is, has a platform that's long-term and sustainable, then it's going to require more than just, hey, this is something we want to do. It's going to require that institutions change the way they look, how they approach this, what the role athletics has in um, the development of institutional uh, awareness, and that there's nothing wrong with coaches being the face of institutions. Absolutely nothing. If I ask you the question right now, who's the president of Alabama? You couldn't tell me. Who's the president of Clemson? You couldn't tell me. Who's the president of Michigan? I'm going to pull those teams that are in the that are playing in the four. Do you know who the president of TCU is? Do you know who the president of um, um, Georgia is? No one can call their name because they understand that the business of this is not relevant mm. that their name be known What's relevant Preach. is that the name and the brand of the institution is right. elevated. And when that occurs, the job that they have to do becomes a lot easier to do. Absolutely. We aren't there yet. And we have to get there if we're going to be successful. So we don't need to be talking about playoffs and all that yet. What we need to talk about is how are we going to change the culture of how we go about doing the business um, that we do and being engaged in, in the business of sports in a, in a way that can produce the kind of revenue that our institutions require. And it's not going to happen any other way. I'm gonna be honest with you. No one has a television program that comes on every Saturday that gives you a three and a half hour program on the academics of, the, of an institution. 
No one. But we do have programs that come on on every Saturday for three to and a half hours that's showing the athletic programs of those institutions where you sprinkle the message of your institution into that. Until we get to that place, and I'm confident that we will, then mm -hmm. we're going to always languish um, behind. But we have a moment that we're in right now with this bowl game. We're in the arena. And we're what the 32 conferences that are in the arena. We, we, what we won't do, we as a bowl game, we, we're not going to allow that to be blown in any way, shape, form, or fashion because it's too valuable to have it. And I'm, 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 I'm thankful for commissioners like Commissioner McClellan and, and Commissioner Steeles who are equally as committed to that. And they've been great partners with the, us in assuring the success that we've experienced to date so far. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Charles, did you have a quick one that you wanted to get in there? Real, real quick. Sure. Uh, what does that look like uh, to bring presidents to the table uh, with regards to understanding this economic engine that we have? Uh, I mean, I, I see you all have women in athletics workshops. I mean, what, what does it look like to bring people to the table to understand athletics can be the front door to the university? Well, I, I, I know that things take time. We've been in, HBCUs have been in existence for a long time. We've only been in this, in this place where um, the amount of, of media coverage we have of our sporting events, the number of networks that are interested in covering them for a short period of time. I mean, the Celebration Bowl is seven years old. Um, but we do recognize this. It's a process of education. And we have to get in front of, of these individuals to talk about how culture and that that's a part of it how we have to change the culture of what it means to build viable strong um institutions that allow the assets that we have and right now hbcu assets are, are the hottest thing out there but but we have to change how the institutions are see themselves and how they do business in order for that to flow. If we don't, I, I'm just going to be transparent. If we don't, then you can't have a person like Deion Sanders because he's functioning at a whole different level. Yep. And, and yep. that's not a knock. It's just a fact. And so we have the same thing here. The Celebration Bowl, we're, we're going to function at a whole different level. No, regardless. And and we're going to do that so we can assure the, the, the Rose Bowl pays $40 million per conference. $40 million. They're 103 years old. We can do that. Not going to do it overnight, but it's going to require some change. It's going to require commitment. It's going to require everyone rallying around that, hey, this is something that's important. And how do we build it as an asset, which is what they did there. Yeah. And that's why the Rose Bowl is 103. They have the influence that they have in the ecosystem of bowls. And that's why they can pay out that amount of money um, because of it. Long answer to your question, well, Shaw, you but I think it's important for us to realize that this is straight business. Sure. No doubt about it. Well, well you that. talk about business. You talked about yeah. the sport context of 
you talked about mixing in the culture, understanding how you got to change the culture to make sure they truly understand the value of the business and the value of the assets you have. I want to change the page and get a little bit about telling the story of what's on the field. So if you mm -hmm. allow us, uh, this was so good. Let's take another break, come back on the other side and go a little bit in overtime and keep you just a short bit. And we'll talk about the assets um, as we transition in the culture and the business about telling the story of what's on the field. Because I feel like we've had some great players. We've had great teams, great coaches, but I'm not sure if we quite had a matchup like this. I'll come back on the other side and see if I can tell the story and let mm -hmm. you tell me if I'm on it in regards to what that looks like. Stick with us. We're going to give you a little overtime. We'll come back since we have a great enamoring conversation. A lot of folks are asking about it and want to hear more. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this quick break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support. MyJBN.com backslash support for more information. Free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it rocks. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love ya And who the ball So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Cause he gon' teach a lesson This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports, so giving you a little overtime uh, to the lab and the lab listeners. Thanks for all those sticking around. Wanted to get inside the story of the game. Uh, obviously, this is Dr. Bill's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, and we're here with the Executive Director John Grant of the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl. You know, I do the poll rankings. We take it extremely serious. We joke around with it. Um, but we watch, and I watch these games, whether whether they're on television or broadcast, which is uh, more than we ever seen, as you noted. I get to go to the game and really get on the field, watch it from the press box. Um, so I spend a lot of time looking at the matchups, and my colleagues do too. And so we've ranked the polls week after week. Ultimately, uh, this year, uh, first time in a while, where you feature um, a number one versus a number two, matchup and they're teams that have clearly separated themselves from everybody else for the most part right you have number one undefeated all first place votes in the poll jackson state university coming in at 12 and 0 winning the swag championship game and 8 and 0 undefeated in uh, conference play obviously the season as well 
featuring in that matchup, led by Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, who was the coach of the year for the SWAC. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they had SWAC player of the year, Aubrey Miller Jr., linebacker there. And they're led by a quarterback that I'm sure most people have known by now, Shador Sanders, who was the offensive player of the year. That's the number one ranked team. You go to the number two ranked team, who was the SWAT, I mean, the MEAC coach of the year, Trey Oliver. Who are they led by? Quarterback, David Rich, who is the offensive player of the year. You have a defensive player of the year from North Carolina Central as well that will be featured in this game. Kylie Baker, defensive back, will be matched up in terms of this. So you have top players that are recognized over the field. When you look at the quarterbacks, you have a top five FCS quarterback in Shredder. You have a top 15 back, some people would say, as Shador is the best uh, pocket pass out there at FCS, certainly HBCU. You have arguably the best dual threat quarterback, FCS, certainly in terms of HBCUs. Top 15 quarterback, according to different rankings out there in this matchup. I'm not sure what else I can let you know in regards to the matchup. And that's just highlighted with everybody else. Go down and look at first team and second team for the MEAC and how many of them are loaded with North Carolina Central players. Go down the SWAC first team and second team players and how many of them are loaded with Jackson State players. Those players will collide under the guidance of two great coaches in this matchup. Tell me, people be excited about this matchup, Jonathan, why? You know, Dr. Cavill, God is good. <laughs> God is good. You could not script this opportunity any better. No one could script this opportunity any better. But that is what championship football is about. And we have the opportunity. I mean, I've had numerous conversations with our producers. We can't wait to tell these stories because a part of the commitment that we have with, with this bowl game is how do we make stars out of players and coaches? How do we make stars out of players and coaches? So when you bring in this many stars to a championship level game, anyone who doesn't have a ticket should be crying right now. They should be weeping and anyone but yet they what they are also whether they're weeping on one hand should be happy on the other hand that they can they they have the ability to be able to watch this these games in the hist back in history uh, of HBCUs people couldn't watch them unless you were there this this is going to be one of the biggest games in my opinion when you look at bowl games uh, it's going to be one of the biggest matchups um out there when you until you get to the CFP the playoffs and the championship and to be able to open the season with with an HBCU game with with that much talent as you describe, um, from coaches to players and how they rank, man, I can't even wait until until next Saturday, until the seventeenth. 
you know, and so you guys have done a great job analyzing this over the last uh, couple of weeks and the last weeks coming in. The season itself sort of built itself up to this moment. Um, ups and downs, and it was topsy-turvy. Who's in? Who's out? You're in one minute, uh, and then 20 minutes later, you're out to get to this. So this this is what it should be. And um, we're excited to be the stage that, that where this is demonstrated. As a great football poet once said, who played with the New York Jets and now is an ESPN sports analyst, football analyst, if you would, and you know about that, uh -huh. Bart Scott, can't wait. I can't wait. You, you know, and listening to the coaches today in our press conference, and you know the the amount of um, the amount of, of of focus that they both have coming into this game. The great thing about this, that when you get to the celebration bowl, you can throw records out the window. What hap What what? And and we've seen that happen. We saw that happen last year. You throw records yes. out the window. Um, it, it's right. it's going to come down to who's best prepared. Who makes the the least amount of mis, uh, of mistakes? Um, who has studied the other one most, um, and and who has the best game plan, and who executes that game plan the best? And Excellent. with the stage this this big, um, and with with everything that's on the line, that's what makes this our Super Bowl. And and that matchup that you just described, oh my gosh. There are bowl games out there that would, would pay money for that. And we have it. Mm -hmm. well, we'll leave it right there. Great comments, great thoughts. Um, any last statement that you want to make that we didn't ask in terms of the questions as we get excited? As you see, a champion will rise for the Cricket Wireless Celebration Bowl uh, November 17th at 12 o'clock. High noon, toe will meet leather, yep. uh, and we will get it on. And God willing, the creek doesn't rise, as they say. We will be right there in the house uh, to check it all out and make sure that we can tell the story uh, of what took place from our vantage point to everybody else as they talk about what took place and the memories will last a lifetime. Well, you've just described it. This is the Earps and the Clintons at the o <laughs> at the OK, okay um, corral. corral at high noon, <laughs> um, and so we, we we just can't wait to 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 see it. You guys continue to do what you do. You do it better than anyone else, and um, we just want to make sure that you have, uh, um, which you will, something to talk about when this game is over. Uh, and and as we close out the season. So thank you for having me on today. Well, thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. You've heard it. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Hope you enjoyed our guest, John Grant. Stayed a little extra time to really go inside this game to talk about the business, talk about the culture, talk about even vision and innovation and what does it mean and what do you have to be prepared for to really take it to the next level. 
when we got told you about the stories of on the field, Charles Bishop will be there as he'll be with the pregame show as they'll get you ready to take you inside like you never had before. Obviously, we have Joshua Sims Jr. Uh, that will make sure you get some information from North Carolina Central and give you all the information to take you inside like you've never seen before. And Big Mike, Mike Washington, will take you into some data. And then he'll even touch you up a little bit to tell you about the sights and sounds outside and rank you for, you know, as he likes to do the tailgate specials. Can't anybody do it quite like Mike uh, when that happens. With that, make sure you download my JBN, my BCSN. Obviously, check out uh, Ryan and A.D. Drew. Um, they'll get into some questions, and they'll have a special gift. You might even see John Grant to give you some even more perspective on that show. So check that out on Sunday. Obviously, you have the ONG Strike Zone every Wednesday. We do our things Tuesday and Thursday. So continue to check us out. Show us love. Saturday, you have the Carlos Brown Show as he makes sure he takes you inside what's going on with the Jaguars and takes you around the swack in HBCU sports and even gives you a little love on the Louisiana sporting side. With that, follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bills, inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Watch, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Obviously, we'll be doing a live show right there in Atlanta, probably from the Omni. And then they have on Friday, uh, you have Radio Row. We're committed to bringing you some great interviews on Radio Row with some of those players we talked about and some other ones as well as the leadership around the SWAC and probably even some sponsors in terms of why they're connected and want to be connected and why you should be connected with that space. Uh, inside the HBCU Sports Lab 1, if you always want to get updates and comment on Twitter, you can see what we're saying there. Facebook and YouTube, HBCU Sports Lab. Usually I would tell you to get your tickets, uh, but other than standing room only and however you can find a way to get to stuff up and some of those, you might be able to find some additional tickets, which means if you can't, make sure you turn on your television uh, and make sure you have the Celebration Bowl on. If you can't be there, you can watch it. And if you're not and you're already there, keep it on anyway. Green Big, continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Mike? Extra. Dismissed. I was going to quiz you. Ha, 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 ha.